Welcome, everyone, to the Fields of Consciousness podcast, the podcast for consciousness conversations. And I'm your host, Jeffrey Stegman. And I am Clayton Stegman. As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. From your thoughts to your reality, let's explore together how consciousness interacts with our everyday experiences. Our last episode was part one of relationships and manifesting in a high consciousness field. In this episode, we dive back into part two, discussing both conscious and unconscious manifesting. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, attracting or manifesting anything in life is it's a really interesting topic. And we have, um, and we'll probably talk about it towards the end here. Uh, we have a magnetizing process that we share with the public that we've refined quite a bit. And um, one of the things that's good to remember about manifesting is that we manifest what we think about, whether we want it or not. Mm-hmm. So having a list of things that you do want can help you um, manage your thoughts in, along those lines. And if we're wondering what thoughts we're thinking, we only have to look at our own lives because we're manifesting all the time. And the current reality of our lives is the result of our thinking. And um, sometimes that's a hard thing to, to face. Yeah, let's um, maybe we'll come back to the um, some more on relationships and just talk mm-hmm. about man. Go ahead and talk about manifesting a little more now um, since you, yeah. you, you opened it up. Um, yeah, and there's so there's so much out there about manifesting. I mean, there's you know the secret and oh yeah, the law of attraction, the Abraham Hicks material, and you know what she what she said was really interesting. Um, you know, we're creating we're creating our life all the time. We're manifesting mm-hmm. all the time. That it's almost it's really not a secret. It's just how <laughs> things work. Um, and a high consciousness field seems to really affect that just because there's more energy and there's more power to our thoughts. So, so what you said, Clayton, is like, look at a, what's going on in your life, like a, like a manifestation audit, something like yes, that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We talked about, like, I like that term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so take a look what's there in your life is what you've manifested to this point. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> doesn't mean you're necessarily aware of it or and some of it you may not like but that's i think that's just the reality for all of us is to um is to look at the current reality we're experiencing is the cumulative result of our thinking and of course we can change that mm-hmm. um, now the, the good the good news is that in a high consciousness field you're at a the, the person is at a higher level of consciousness and the good news is your thoughts are more powerful Mm-hmm. And the challenge is that, you know, your thoughts are more powerful. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, but there is a long-term benefit definitely in being in a high consciousness field. You're thinking more loving thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you're sending out love into the universe, you're getting that back. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a pretty safe generalization about a high field. So we have these occasionally, what we call thousand out of a thousand statements. Oh, so we, we use kinesiology and the Dr. David Hawkins map of consciousness to sort of measure the truth of, of the statement. So we have this thousand out of a thousand statement on this subject that I think does explain what we're talking about and why you might need a manifestation audit. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to say it, Clayton? Because I thought it was really interesting. You came up with that. Yeah, is that the uh, the shadow one? No, it's no? the uh, any thought that spends time in your beingness is becoming manifest in your life. Yeah, whether that thought is yours or not. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> so your beingness, I mean, what that includes your unconscious too, right? I mean, it's yeah, like body, mind, body, mind, spirit. Uh, we've been talking a lot about how the news lately, I don't know if it's the news is more powerful or the topics in the move, um, news are more dramatic. But it just seems like when I listen to the news, it just really affects me more than, than I recall in the past. Mm. And if you're listening to news and, you know, most of the news isn't about, the great things that are happening in life. Most of it's about the problems. Yeah. And so, you know, that's in your beingness, however you define beingness, we Mm -hmm. we tend to think of it's body, mind, spirit, but you can't listen to the news a lot and being in that negative uh, confirmation of, you know, there is some negativity out there for sure. And, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there seems to be uh, an accumulation of all the bad things that happen in the world that gets repeated over and over and over again. And there's not a lot of talk in at least most of the news about the good things that are happening every day. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in that negative energetic field, then what's it doing to our beingness? And I think a lot of us are... um, we're probably naive about the you know the absolute negative effect that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe me too because I don't listen to a lot of news. But man, when I do, it's just you know, it just seems to exhaust me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we were saying in previous podcasts and other times about the power of live, like a live broadcast, mm-hmm. like really watching people talk and other people are watching it at the same time. And it must, must go into your beingness, you know, in a different kind of way that's more powerful. I mean, yeah, there's a type, would... in, a type of, I think the word we use was entrainment, Jeff. We get entrained mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm. In a high consciousness field, you're entrained positively. And if, if it's a low consciousness field and a lot of the news is fear-based um, or anger-based, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're entrained with all those other people. Yeah. And uh, I know that it, if I'm listening to the news and I stop and uh, I do some kinesiology, typically my acupuncture system, my acupressure system seems to be, uh, or my meridian seems to be out of, out of alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's one of the consistent things that I'm seeing. And I'm, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of news. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, if I do 30 minutes a week, that's a lot now, but it just used to be a habit, you know, just, 
mm-hmm. go downstairs to make a cup of tea or something, or mm-hmm. and uh, you turn the news on and just catch up what's going on. And I don't know. I don't think I don't know if I need to know about all those negative things. Yeah, I'll just read this again because it's mm-hmm. these thousand out of a thousand are really high truths. So any thought that spends time in your beingness is becoming manifest in your life, whether that thought is yours or not. And it's sort of blowing my mind here that thoughts that aren't my thoughts are manifesting in my life. Uh, Whether it's from the news, like we've said, or we've talked about in previous podcasts, you know, thought forms in different fields of consciousness, whether it's like social large social complexes or, you know, like a small regional thought form from the past that they're, it's becoming manifest in my life. If it's that thought is spending time in my beingness, it's a really good reason to really pay attention to our thoughts. And as we said, in a high consciousness field, they have more power and just shift it, you know, move Mm -hmm. to a different, move to a different thought, move to a, a positive declarative statement about what we want to see in our life. Um, yeah. And to pay attention to our environments just as much because it's, you know, mm-hmm. in that it's in our beingness, whether we're thinking it or not. And we have a lot of control and, you know, and the responsibility that goes with that to manage our own thinking. Mm-hmm. And we have talked in the past about environment being more important, important than personal will. Negative environments just wear you down. And, um, there is a saying in the in the personal development community, a pretty common one. It says you're you know you're going to be most like the five people you hang around, and um, I think that speaks to the environmental aspect, mm-hmm. as well as people around the same wavelength. You know, um, yeah. When you get those thousand of a thousand statements, there's so much depth to them. That, you know, I, I don't know if we can do it justice here, just because we could talk about it for an hour. And probably not even scratch the surface. Yeah. So in this a thought, spending time in our beingness, uh, our thoughts have power, and that we're saying it's you know it's becoming manifest in our lives. Mm. And um, you know what we hear from customers and what we've been experiencing is manifesting in a high consciousness environment. As we've said, there's more power, there's more power to the thoughts as, as, as we rise in consciousness, or if we do rise in consciousness. Um, and as we create these fields or we invoke a higher power, that our thoughts then do have much more power. And so what, what people have seen and is, is like a quicker manifesting, like things happen f- more quickly. And the synchronicities, which seem to be sort of universal signs pointing us um, along the way, seem to happen more with greater awareness. I don't know if they happen more frequently or we're just more aware of them. And um, we've had people say, customers say that things happen so fast that they were really surprised and it has helped them to watch their minds because it happens the other direction as well. So. Yeah, well, the average customer goes up 30 points in consciousness in 90 days if they're in the uh, FLFE environment 24-7. I think it's I think it's 10 points if they're in the environment eight hours a day. I can't remember. 
Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, it's every point on that logarithmic scale, which is the Hawkins map of consciousness, is 10 times more power. And it's 10 times more powerful power to create the, the life that you want, as you often say. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so things start happening quicker. Absolutely. Because uh, it's partly in the environment and it's partially their own individual consciousness that's mm-hmm. th- that's changing that dynamic. Yeah, and we've been doing this process in the morning meetings now where we declare a vision mm-hmm. for the future and to picture ourselves in the vision, sort of looking from a third party perspective, like seeing ourselves in the situation. Mm-hmm. Often it'll be, you know, something about the growth of FLFE or something in evidence or a new referral partners or, you know, new, new, new customers coming in to the, to the family and holding that vision of the, that occurring and the feeling of it and kind of seeing ourselves celebrating, uh, doing the happy dance, whatever's happening. Um, and then ask, you know, clearing obstacles on the way to get there. So that's been a new, a new practice for us. It's been really powerful. Yeah, I don't come on as many of the morning meetings as I used to, but when I have come on, it's really a sweet way to start the day. It feels like there's like a, the road is laid out ahead, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's a great way to start the day. Yeah. So spending, spending time in those positive declarations and conscious creation of what it is we want and noticing when we're in a negative self-talk, um, I said I would tell a story about myself. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> do that. Um, yeah, one of the things that uh, I have is a really large to-do list, mm. and um, it keeps keeps getting longer. And um, I work. We often work with coaches and people to help us see those unconscious patterns that we have. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes they they appear easily, and sometimes it takes a little digging to get to those. And, you know, I've got, I have a story around that, that um, I'm not worthy without a big to-do list. Mm. And so that sort of unconscious story is, is, is playing in the background. And um, so then, you know, looking for what's the new story um, and moving consciously into the new story to, uh, to get that list uh, down to a very small list. Um, so that's just, something I wanted to share that sometimes it's unconscious and it takes a while to, to bring it to, to full awareness. And that audit idea we talked about where you're looking at your life and seeing where, you know, what's not working that well. And so when I look at my life and I look at what's not working that well, I've got this stack of paper over here. It's like, you know, inches thick of just to do. And uh, that's, you know, it's a part of part that's not working well. So the audit is a great idea to help point us towards what are the patterns? What are the beliefs? What are the unconscious beliefs that we might have around that? And move to a positive declaration instead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The current reality in our life reveals the patterns in our thinking. And uh, yeah, we both have piles. And so we might have a different story behind our piles, but there is no doubt a story that isn't, it isn't the story of freedom and relaxed living. And 
you know, and, and the ultimate expression of abundance mm-hmm. and whatever is, you know, underneath that, it can, it can take some digging for sure. Mm-hmm. And we know when we've got to the bottom and cleared it is when the pile goes away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there may be, uh, as they say, a few layers to the onion on that one for, for both of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd love to get back to the magnetizing process. Cause that's really uh, interesting and useful. But there, I don't want to skip over this, something we talked about uh, earlier in relationships. And um, we were talking about kirtan and musical events, you know, concerts that we go to. But there, there's a phenomenon there that, that we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. about kind of the one-to-many, you know, that performers. Like you did some study, it was... Uh, Celine Dion, you know, you were looking at her when she's in a concert. Can you talk about that? It was fascinating to me, Clayton. Yeah, well, I was, uh, Celine Dion's a pretty well-known performer. She happens to be Canadian. I think she's from Quebec. And um, people talked about the experience they had at a concert that seemed to be a transcendent experience. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I haven't been to a lot of different types of concerts to know the the distinction between a certain type of performer. Like if you're at a, you know, I think the term death metal is pretty self-evident that it's going to be about the, the anger that that song was written in, you know, and, and certainly, you know, the blues and singing the blues, uh, that's just part of life. And Celine Dion tends to have, uh, you know, a lot of songs about like, uh, well, all songs are stories about life, but it's, and um, for whatever reason, I mean, she's a pretty high consciousness person. I, I don't know what you would call her enlightened in the classical term, but if we're using the Hawkins map of consciousness, we would say that she's in the, in the five hundreds for sure in her life. I mean, she's got a, a great career and she contributes to a lot of people and yeah, she's, she's in the five hundreds. So I was trying to figure out what this phenomena was with her. And so I started testing her level of consciousness and the level of consciousness of the audience when she performed. And what happened during the performance was that within uh, like 15 minutes, she would be at like 550. And then within 30 minutes, she would go up to 600. And then at some point in the, in the, um, in, in the evening, and this happens with a lot of healers, actually, a lot of um, body workers, a lot of therapists, when they're really in the zone, they go to 700. Mm. And um, she does that in her performances. Now, I'm not saying she lives there all the time. But she is there for part of the performances that I've analyzed. Mm. And there is this phenomenon where when a performer is in a high consciousness field and they're the biggest influence of the energy in the audience, it's that positive attainment uh, again, Jeff, and she creates uh, a field, a high consciousness field. And, you know, you don't want to analyze everything down to the to a technical term. We just would think of it as a great experience. 
and if you sort of go into the the measurement aspect of it from kinesiology using the Hawkins map of consciousness, you'll find that um, the audience actually gets lifted up during the performance and it tends to follow her ascension up the map of consciousness. Mm -hmm. As she goes higher and higher throughout the evening, then the audience follows along. And Mm -hmm. from what I can tell, that's the phenomena. So the audience at some point will experience as a whole, now it doesn't mean everybody will, but the, as a whole, the audience will go to 600 during one of her performances. And that is the, the that's peace on the Hawkins map of consciousness, the beginning of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And from what I can tell, that's the phenomena that people talk about mm-hmm. when they're in a, um, when her, they're in that field with her. Yeah, they're in a high consciousness field. Yeah. And so they're enjoying that concert and that, you know, that experience. And it's pretty rare um, to spend a lot of time in that. It's like you said, you know, we've been talking about generating high conscious fields and how you do it and what experience you have. But it's really interesting that entrainment, you know, so you have the the singer and you have the band and, you know, mm-hmm. what it's like there in the in the venue. And I've experienced that as well, like in Kirtan with the chanting and mm. and um, Audrey's chanting in that there's there's something in the resonance of the voice that's carrying that consciousness to the listeners. Um, it's, it reminds me, and I, we talked about this uh, before the podcast, that it reminds me of the, the EMF mitigation that we do in the FLFE and service with a cell phone where the cell phone itself is high raised Mm -hmm. in consciousness until the antenna is vibrating at this higher consciousness rate and somehow affecting the emissions. Um, And when we first started working with um, this creating high consciousness field around an object or around like a phone, we noticed that people were noticing that when they listened to music through the phone, it had a much greater effect on them. I think there is, there is some kind of like transmission of the field through sound. Uh, so performers, um, and maybe it's conscious, maybe it's not, you know, they're just naturally moving into those states. Um, yeah. So, the dot there. Go ahead. Uh, someone who I would, uh, yeah. The, someone who would, I would, I would, con- I would assume that would have a very deliberate process around that would be the Dalai Lama. You were just going to mm. mention him. I've, few of us mm. have seen him speak probably that are listening to this. I've seen him speak in uh, Vancouver at the Pacific national exhibition building mm-hmm. where we have our big annual fair there when I lived in Vancouver and uh, they had, you know, a bunch of monks going in and praying in the environment before his lecture started. Mm. And there was a palpable energy in the auditorium, mm. no, no mm. doubt about it. Mm. And, you know, monks, that's a lot of their focus in their life is consciousness. Mm. So I would assume that, you know, their conversation around what they were doing was, would be a little more measured and, um, and using the language of consciousness rather than, whereas a performer would be, probably talking about the experience perhaps and not using the consciousness language. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we want to use this lighting and this sound and we want to have the songs in this order. And 
that things are going to build up to a certain point and then maybe you know they have a song that will take people through a story and an experience i don't know how people plan those events but i'm they're pretty sophisticated so i'm assuming that they would have a real uh they have a real story for the evening and the, yeah the dalai lama was uh, it was an impressive uh energetic field i mean it's yeah, I've experienced that personally. And one of the things I've heard about and coming from musicians, personally through Audrey and others, but you hear about it a lot, is that the feedback loop that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the performer's going up, they're activating a field, they're transmitting that, and then the audience is coming up and they're transmitting back, whether, you know, it might be through the the applause and cheering and whatever else they're doing but but there's also a field effect a field of conscious effect that seems to happen that sort of boosts it's like a upward upward spiral of consciousness that seems to happen yeah that's a good point i've heard from uh i, I had a good friend uh, for many years he was a musician musician growing up and um we were both in this philosophical organization and you know, you're talking about consciousness and having these experiences at lectures or during uh, ceremonies and different things like that. And he said the highest he's ever felt in his life was when he was on stage and mm. people were basically sending him all this love. You know, mm. that's what he's, that's how he described it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that feedback loop, there's, there's something to that. Oh, yeah. All these mm -hmm. people are showing up because they, they like the entertainer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. hey, most of them. Maybe some new people or people are just going with friends, but they're bringing a lot of they're bringing a lot of uh, goodwill. Mm -hmm. Well, we've been we've been talking about relationship with others, you know, and this musician audience one is really kind of an interesting one to one to many. But our relationships with ourselves, and I would think it, it would be something for musicians, really popular ones who get in that feedback loop that you know it could really bring up some shadow pieces some some ego pieces as well and it could could be difficult to work with but you had a great uh, working definition of shadow because some people may not be familiar with that term what what we mean by that part of this relationship with ourselves yeah we were trying to get a, a thousand out of a thousand definition of shadow and we think we got it to 980 but it's pretty close and uh and, you know, and there can be more than one definition of shadow that's a thousand, but the one that we were, were working with is uh, becoming aware of and transcending, ideally through a loving integration, aspects of ourselves that we don't feel good about. Mm. And um, mm. shadow is, you know, when mm. we're look, working with shadow, it's talking about those things we feel shame about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of back to the audit, you know, mm -hmm. function. It's like look, you know, looking at where is it that we get triggered into shame or we feel shame about something or we don't feel good about ourselves in some way, that there's some underlying beliefs or unconscious patterns for us to look at becoming aware of those and transcending those is shadow work. So in a high consciousness field, 
how is how does that affect this type of work or natural well, process? I guess it happens naturally too, doesn't it? I'm not sure if it happens naturally. I'd have to think about that. Um, but in, in a high consciousness field, there's, I would say there's less shadow in many ways mm. because you have a, you're in a higher state and when you're in a state of, you know, high amount of light, if we use that metaphor, it's sometimes it's easier to see the darkness mm. because there's so much kind of purity to it. That's the word that's coming to mind for me mm. that, um, you know, and I'm, I'm trying not to make purity good and impurity bad. It's, it's just that if you have a white shirt, it's pretty easy to see a stain. If you have a black shirt, you know, kind of cover stuff up. Um, so yeah, shadow work is, there's more and more, I think, being done with that in the world. I think, um, is it Brene Brown? She's coming to mind. There's a couple other people that I can't think of right now. And it's, um, it's that work tends to be done best in a one-on-one -on -one environment with a professional in many cases. I know there is, uh, there's a tendency in the world to want to, well, in, in certain types of workshops and belief systems, they'll get into deep aspects of shadow in a group setting. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know that that's the best way to manage it. I mean, there's certain things you can talk about in public that's not probably too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to know yourself and how to manage that when you're in a, in a big group, hundreds mm -hmm. of people. Um, I'd want to be pretty cautious about how much I would share just because not everybody's able to hold that. They're not able to hold space for someone to heal as well as a trained professional. Mm -hmm. But you know, just different mm -hmm. people think different ways about it, but definitely in a high consciousness field, there's a greater awareness of the things that are in the way of you experiencing the joy that's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Contrast. Yep. And surfacing those, those things to work on. Yeah. And the good news is in a high field, there's, there's more capacity to stay out of the overwhelm that shadow less typically brings, right? Because mm -hmm. there's less negative charge. So you can identify something. And oftentimes if you're doing personal work, you know, you identify something, you go in, you do the work, you come out and you're able to, you know, and you keep your life moving forward. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, you know, not everybody may say it that way, but that's, that's one way to look at doing shadow work mm -hmm. is to consciously go in with the support that you need. If you can do it yourself, great. And then come out of, come out of that. And, you know, your, your life's going to go to the next level of joy. Mm -hmm. so those piles are going to get a little, a little, uh, <laughs> a little, a little shorter. Yeah. 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 I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I guess that managing that, change right because we're all we're always adapting and changing but in this case you might be getting at some really deep things um mm -hmm. that um maybe part of you know in this case my self-worth you know where i where deep-seated sort of a belief that uh, isn't serving anymore but it's still there um and so in surfacing and transcending uh, there's some kind of the management of the process and 
taking care of yourself, you know, in that, that there's, uh, you know, rest and, you know, eating well, drinking plenty of water, maybe taking some of the supplements that we've identified that help with moving up in consciousness, you know, the central fatty acids and magnesiums, which we'll, we'll get to sometime uh, in another podcast, but really that, yeah. How do we manage that integration? I know you've, how do you do that, Clayton? Is there anything in particular you could share about that? Yeah, classically, self-care is a big topic in that community or in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You're managing the shadow. Uh, I think having a conscious, deliberate process to go in and do the work on a regular basis, not just when you're in an emergency. Mm-hmm. And that's like that bank account idea between people, Jeff, that you have mm-hmm. goodwill built up. So if you're doing um, individual work, Mm -hmm. I would say having a regular schedule with a process that you, you know, know that works for you. And that's part of, um, you know, understanding yourself and knowing how to manage the process of change because we're in Mm -hmm. a constant state of change. Mm -hmm. So that's the personal development piece is knowing what it is you want to work on. Typically, look for the what we call the critical factor, where you can get the most amount of uh, gain for the least amount of effort. So that's um, that's helpful as a framework. Um, and there's also, you know, group shadow. Like when we talk about how to create a high consciousness field in a group, if you're doing like we use a coach in the company, and what I like about that is when there's a group of us doing that work and you don't have to really say things that are too personal to do shadow work. You can talk about that pile of paper and how you're experiencing frustration with it. And you can do an energetic release technique in your body and no one else has to know why you think that pile is there. Mm. And when we do that work in a group, it's one of the founding principles of creating a high consciousness field in a group mm-hmm. is that I'm not aware of any group that can maintain the field at a, at a certain level, at a very high level without doing group work. Mm-hmm. And the same with a person individually, if, you know, a lot of people can create great things where they end up self-destructing or, or mm-hmm. um, not being able to maintain them. Mm-hmm. And that's just because they have work to do. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people that are, you know, kind of celebrity types, they just have a lot more attention on their lives than most of us. So we mm-hmm. tend to see their lives, you know, it just, it's easier to uh, identify the pattern when someone's so much in the public eye, their lives mm-hmm. are under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all of us have struggled, I think, with, creating something in our life that's good and then having it go away mm-hmm. and wondering why we're not being able to create something like, why can these people have a great career? I've got the same education and I went to the same school <laughs> and, you know, and I can't, and I'm, you know, I, I can't hold down a job or they, you know, they're running the company and I'm, I've been there longer than them. And, and I seem to, I feel like I work as hard, but I'm not, I'm not getting the same results. And, you know, those are things to look at. It's like, what's in the way? If that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 
we'll go back and talking about shadow in the company. It's really been interesting for me to work in a group because uh, I've been used to one-on-one work with, I always have a coach and, you know, I did a lot of work with you, Clayton, when you were actually doing active coaching and um, continuing. Um, but keep bringing it into a company and with the management team where we're, we're surfacing those things that, um, you know, are coming up for us that, you know, it's like that audit, like what's up for me, you know, what doesn't feel good or what's, uh, what am I got to charge on something I've got to charge on. And it does help surface some of those white elephants, you know, things that we need to talk about and get out. Um, I think it is part of running a company, you know, as, as, as a spiritual path, you know, that, Maybe it's a spiritual practice is doing this. It's part of the whole picture um, in um, clearing those things up so that we can create a high field together so that we can, you know, uncover the truth and, you know, do whatever we do uh, as a business. So I think that's really a fascinating, we'll, we'll get into business as a spiritual path at some, some point, I'm sure in another podcast. Yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning that um, I'm not aware of people creating anything great individually or as a group. There's the odd person that's just born pretty high and they have a really good family and, you know, they, they can just go about their lives and just create great things and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Most of us have to do work to create, create great things and, and keep them. Mm-hmm. And um, that applies to an individual as well as a business. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad to be working in a business where we're we're doing that work proactively. Sometimes, you know, we're dealing with an issue, and um, most of the time now it's proactive. And the goodwill that we create carries us through the, the, the those really hard times. And sooner or later, we all have them. Right? Mm-hmm. It just seems to be the nature of of living. There's, and sometimes it's not even a bad thing that's happened somebody's passing may not it may be the best thing for them maybe their time but it just brings up a lot of things in us mm-hmm. when they pass over or some phase of life or something happens with a family member uh, it's not necessarily what happens in the world it's our reaction to it mm-hmm. and um, yeah that's that's a it's a really interesting topic about how to create something in a group that you, that you can sustain mm-hmm like the high consciousness field helps you to do the work, which then leads to a higher field together. It's like a positive upward spiral. Yeah. It seems that positive upward spirals are, you know, a part of how things work, you know, like this positive feedback loop that we Mm -hmm. see with performers and we see this, uh, you know, doing this kind of work together in in a group, creating a high field together. So we have this tool magnetizing. Mm-hmm. It's on the FLFE website, flfe.net, in the tools section. So if you're interested, you could take a look. So we developed that. Uh, it's been some time. We you know, got it pretty high. It's meant to be a process for manifesting in a high consciousness environment. You you know it came out of some of your early work, Clayton. 
the magnetizing process. Yeah, what's interesting about using kinesiology is you can measure the level of consciousness of your assumptions or your mm. perceptions, and you can measure the level of consciousness of other people's uh, perceptions. And uh, it takes, you know, it can take years to get good at it. And once you get good at it, it's that's pretty uh, pretty revealing. One of the big things in personal development work and trying to raise your consciousness is what is the truth and what is the belief system? Mm. Oftentimes you'll have a very high consciousness person, perhaps someone who was a founder of a religion or a, a spiritual teaching, and they're extremely high in one part of their life and they're not so high in another. And we take all the things they say as a package deal because they're so extraordinarily high in this part of their life. And, you know, people who have started religions, I would think for the most part, you know, their intentions are really good and they just only know what they know. They're like everybody else. They just happen to be extremely well aligned in some areas. So the possibility with kinesiology and what excited me about it so much is that I could look at, well, what's the level of consciousness of that statement? And the statement could be true at a, let's say a 400 out of a thousand on the Hawkins map of consciousness. And then another statement could in that, on that same topic could be 600 out of a thousand and another could be 750 out of a thousand. And then you can look at the differences between those statements and look for the distinctions in, in, uh, in, in concept that are behind the, that are supporting or behind the statements. And so when we looked at manifesting, we looked at, you know, standard manifestation techniques and, and started writing out what we thought um, was true and then putting this belief system in and then see if the whole thing went up in consciousness. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. And it was just, there was this thing where we didn't know at some point if it was a belief system or it was a truth or if it was a higher truth than what we had on paper. So that was the, the process of doing the manifestation technique. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, a fair bit of work. Mm -hmm. um, like we used, uh, you know, principles from the secret. Uh, Abraham Hicks has really quite high material. I think it's about 800. Most of the Abraham Hicks teachings. Um, I can't remember all the authors, but, you know, we, we've been around this, this industry for, you know, I started working professionally as a coach back in 1995. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, 2021 now, and I haven't done much for the last year or so, but pretty well, 25 years doing that. And you, you know, you come across a lot of different um, manifesting perceptions. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we missed any major body of work in that. And if I recall, we got the technique up to 998 out of 1,000, and we could never figure out how to get it to 1,000 out of 1,000, the whole technique. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go back at once in a while and check things, and it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, 998, is, that's pretty high. So that, that's a powerful tool. Mendy, take a look at it. And what, we, what we'd like to do in these talks is give you some things that you can try at home. And in this, um, you know, we've talked a lot about manifesting and 
you know, what it's like in a high consciousness field and, you know, what, what you could do if you, if you like is to look to manifest change yourself in yourself or, or in your world. Uh, so you want to talk, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, Clayton. Um, you know, I guess a positive affirmation or, you know, if you go to our magnetizing process, you might get some ideas about how to, how to do that. Yeah. One of the things about uh, the coaching process, and we haven't talked about this yet before, Jeff, um, I wouldn't consider this necessarily a coaching venue, but what I did learn in coaching was that if you take one action as a result of the session that you wouldn't have taken if we hadn't met, that that helps you integrate what was shared and what was learned. Mm. And so this is the same principle that we're wanting to share with all of you listening. It's, it's an opportunity for you to take uh, something that you've heard today that you find interesting or something that we've said that's triggered a thought within you and you would like to explore where that can take you in creating the life you want. If you take an action on the concept you've heard or the ideas that were stimulated within you, then you're much more likely to have a positive result in your life than if you just listen to it and don't do anything. And, you know, you may have, you may be doing more than enough in your life. So, so I'm not saying that, and we're, we're not saying that you need to do more. And there is a principle involved that if you take action on something that you've heard that um, you think will increase the quality of your life, that it's more likely to increase the quality of your life. That's just pretty straightforward. So the opportunity this week, Jeff, we talked about uh, choosing or uh, asking people to choose something in your life that you want to change. And um, positive affirmations are a, are a, are a well-known technique in the personal development field or the consciousness raising field. And they're typically a positive declarative statement. And um do you have any that come to mind, Jeff? I know we talked about sleep and a few things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I would um, I'm gonna work on the pile, you know. The uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, for me personally, I I like to see it. I'm more, maybe I'm a more visual person, mm -hmm. so I would see the change, you know, already happened. So I would, in this case, you know, got an empty desk to my left or one piece of paper with a few things on it and just see that. And to just know to see myself seeing that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of have that vision of it. Um, and that that's what's in our magnetizing process. Uh, and that works well for me. And, but the, the positive affirmation or statements might come up for me later in the day, you know, when I'm not thinking about it, but I catch myself thinking about the list. That's maybe when I would make a declaration that, uh, you know, I just have one piece of paper and it just has a few items on it that, 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 uh, or that my list doesn't define me as my, in my worth, you know, might be something around that getting down into the, uh, what's behind it. 
So that's where the statement might come in for me, but I, I tend to use the, the visual image of it already complete. Yeah, the one that's coming to mind for me is uh, I have a lot of resistance going, uh, hitting the gym. Mm. And I've got an appointment to, you know, to be there, so I'm going to show up. But there's a lot more story involved in, uh, in getting there than, I, than I'd like to have. Mm. And if I can get myself there, I know, it's, I know I'm fine. So um, I think that what I'm going to play with is I know I know I'll feel better when I'm leaving. <laughs> Sometimes that's what I'm going to play with, mm. and then it's like, yeah, I know I feel better when I'm, uh, you know, I, not even when I'm there because it takes me a little while to, you know, get into it. Mm. But by the end, it's like, yeah, this is this was great. I'm glad I came. So that would that'll be mine. Something to that effect. I know I'll feel better when I'm leaving, and then it's like, yeah, I will. I know I always do. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's what I'm going to play with. That sounds good. Yeah. We'll check in later together about these two. Yes, yes. I'll work on my meeting. I'll work on my pile next week. <laughs> Thank you for joining Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of Focused Life Force Energy for 15 days. And if you like, you can subscribe to the Fields of Consciousness podcast and tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 1111 a.m. PST. Onward and upward. Mm-hmm.